Welcome to the Gordon Asset Management Podcast, a show for savers, investors, and entrepreneurs, helping you to stay informed, invest wisely, and achieve the unimaginable. Now, on to the show. Hey, everybody, this is Todd Zempel and Joe Gordon with the October 6th market update. A uh, quick reminder, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all, all the normal places you'd listen to the pod, to a podcast. So jump right in, coronavirus update. So in the United States, we had 294,000 more COVID cases week over week, uh, trending at about 7.1 million COVID cases. Uh, hospitalizations only climbed by about 560 people. So just fractionally up, uh, the big news, Donald Trump being one of those. Uh, so we currently have about 30,000 people in the U S hospitalized, uh, with COVID COVID deaths also climbed, uh, by roughly 5,000 people to 202,000 deaths in the United States. Uh, due to COVID. Uh, but the big news on COVID is Donald Trump. Uh, so late Friday, he uh, went to Walter Reed uh, because he has COVID. Joe, uh, thoughts on this piece? Well, uh, every day on CNBC or Fox Business, whichever business show you watch or both, the CEO of uh, Regeneron's been on, which is the creator of the antibody cocktail Remdesivir if that's pronounced uh, correctly. I've heard it a few different ways. And so one of the things I thought was interesting today is he was talking about uh, how the whole notion of antibody cocktails is about getting the immune system to turn on and fight uh, foreign viruses, in this case, or cancer. Regeneron's known for doing this uh, with cancer. So it seemed like a fairly natural parallel. He was making that case, and apparently uh, it... Uh, contributed to uh, working since Trump's now out of the hospital. Yeah. And again, this is an apolitical discussion, but uh, there, there's been so much talk about this. I mean, there's there's folks that are saying this is a big conspiracy theory that he doesn't really have covid uh, all, all kinds of things. Um, and, and Trump is clearly defiant uh, against a lot of this. If, if you saw the um, film of him leaving the helicopter, walking up to the steps of the White House, yanking off the mask, uh, saluting the helicopter as it, as it flew off. It was it was all very, very dramatic. Um, and, and no doubt some of this stuff will go down in the history books. Uh, so it's so it's interesting to see it uh, happen live in front of you. So what happened in the markets last week? Interestingly, it was sort of a risk-on market. Uh, this September doldrums were ending uh, as we started the month of October, Thursday and Friday. So you had the EFI, the developed markets outside the U.S., up 0.89% to now only down 7.5% year-to-date. You had emerging markets, uh, again, dollar weakening a little bit too, up 1.93%. For the week, now only down 2.09% year to date. And again, the global bond index, the global aggregate bond, up a little bit, 0.32, now up 5.77% year to date. So kind of a little bit more of the same we've seen since April other than the month of September. U.S. kind of the same story, uh, a little bit of risk on uh, the S&P 500 up 
almost 2%, 1.95 to make it 5.50% year to date. And remember, about 23% of that index is the market cap weighting of the five megatechs. The NASDAQ, which is uh, obviously biotech and technology dominated, up 2%, 2.09, now pushing back towards its year-to-date highs at 31.79%. Uh, I think it's about two percentage points short of that. The big story, though, is the Russell 2000. We've said this every week. In, le- in most, in most uh, secular bull markets arising out of a bear market, uh, you ha- if it's going to be a bull market rally, you have to have small caps leading. And uh, the Russell 2000 index, which is the representative index for small caps, was up 4.30% last week, ha- almost having its losses year to date to just minus 5.18. So that's, that's the big news. Uh, the return on the U.S. Uh, Barclays aggregate bond index fell 37 basis points. And uh, the year to date returns now 6.46%. So you go back, and we've been looking, started looking at uh, market cap weighted returns versus equal weighted returns. And uh, in this little graph uh, we have in front of us, uh, you can see the big news again, Russell 2000 uh, last week up 4.74%. Uh, but then if you look at equal cap versus market cap, uh, the S&P 500 uh, had a, a much better uh week-over-week return than the market cap weighted and as well as the NASDAQ uh, was roughly the same. So no big news there. FANG with two A's versus everybody else uh, week-over-week. Again, Russell up 4.74. S&P 500 up Uh, 1.30. Trailing or forward PE just about 37 times. Facebook up 3% last week, its P.E. ratio is 32 times. Google up 1.4%, its P.E. ratio is over 32 times. Apple up 1.34, its P.E. ratio just under 35 times. Microsoft up 0.45, its P.E. over 36 times. And lastly, Amazon uh, up 0.79% last week, and its P.E. Is 121 times. So obviously, Amazon is very frothy compared to the others. Yeah. So the the question here is: Is this the big rotation, uh, or at least the beginning of the big rotation that everybody's looking for out of large caps into small caps, out of growth and momentum into value? Uh, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. But uh, it it is interesting to see the Russell actually uh, kicking some butt. Yeah. Well, make. you know, and one thing about the Russell. Um, you know, if you look at value versus growth, uh, a lot of the rally was in the value, and all that that is dominated by financials, uh, small banks. So uh, some of that was with rates rising a little bit, uh, net interest margin will go up, and the hope that there finally would be a rally uh, on the value side. So unemployment. Uh, continuing claims fell 810,000 week over week, still a little bit under 12 million, 11.77. Initial cla- claims fell 33,000 week over week to 837. Unemployment rate dipped below 8% at 7.9, down from the peak of 14.7%. Uh, yeah, so where are all, all, all the new jobs being generated? So, 
Uh, CNBC recently put out uh, an article on this that had some very interesting charts. And, and what they have shown is that a lot of the new jobs that were actually created in September were in the areas where there were the biggest losses. So leisure, hospitality, retail. Uh, the, those are the sectors with the biggest job gains. Uh, the biggest loss was actually in, in government. And one would guess that this is likely because a lot of the folks that were uh, out beating the doors for the census were, were probably retired, so to speak. Yeah, they were temporary. And while they were fluff in a previous jobs report, as far as jobs gained, uh, it is short term in duration. So Good to see the leisure hospitality uh, leading the way as restaurants open back up, even in blue states. So how's the consumer uh, spending doing? It's going up still, and there's record amounts of cash on the sidelines. So uh, uh, up 1% uh, in in, uh, August after increasing 1.5% in July. We expect that to continue. And also, you still have the stimulus bill on the sideline, which is getting closer and closer to a resolution, it appears. At least that's the rumor. Personal el- uh, income fell 2.7% in the month, uh, a little bit more than economists thought. And uh, basically, the decline in income, partly explained by lower paid workers and hospitality going back to work, and uh, now that they're uh, not getting their $600 a week uh, federal stimulus, which ended uh, you know, that obviously is somewhat the reason. Speaking of stimulus, uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell is actually uh, doing the speaking circuit today. Um, and, and, and the big news coming out of, of that just today is that he's asking for, for Congress to basically prime the pump, uh, spend more, stimulate more. And, and he also said that there's a low risk of overdoing it. So that's kind of been the mantra for a while. Hey, we need, we need to stimulate the economy. Uh, we'll monetize it, keep the good times going. Yeah, I find it fascinating uh, that you're getting advice from a Fed chairman uh, on something that's never happened before in history, kind of like quantitative easing back in 2008, which started, stopped, started, stopped, and then became infinity uh, when they realized that everyone was addicted to low interest rates and easing. So uh, with that, the budget, uh, our deficit has now exceeded $27 trillion. I heard this morning, uh, $4 trillion of it added this year vis-a-vis Stimulus 1. So maybe we can top $30 trillion before the end of the year. Who knows? If the Democrats had their way, the stimulus would be over $3 trillion and we would do so. Uh, the rumor uh, out there today is that they are near agreement, uh, Mnuchin and Pelosi, at $1.9 trillion. So we'll see if there's any truth to that. Yeah, and I think some of the run-up in the market over the last week was was based on the fact that uh, I think a lot of folks are thinking that we will get some kind of stimulus bill. Yeah, one good thing in that uh, uh, resolution that they're compromised, I guess I should call it, is uh, they're not going to give people 600 a week to stay at home and refuse to go back to work. It's the numbers now down, I think, to 400 or 420 something in that range, which uh, would be very helpful for small business to get their workers to come back to work. Right, right. And from an economic standpoint, you know, you kind of have to ask the question, hey, we're just printing this money, giving it to people to not be productive. Uh, You know, perhaps maybe some kind of infrastructure bill or something like that, where we're actually uh, paying people to do work would actually benefit the economy in the long term. 
Uh, cash versus consumer sentiment. So this is another thing that we keep an eye on. Uh, when we look at consumer cash positions year to date, they've, they've increased by uh, roughly f- uh, 58%. Uh, so folks are ac- absolutely holding on to cash and, and we see it too. So with our firm, again, we work with uh, individuals and then we also work with retirement plans. And so uh, we get a, a lot of folks calling in uh, that are participants in a 401k plan asking, Hey, should I move all to cash? Or I'm scared about the election. I don't know what's going to happen with COVID. Uh, should I allocate my account 100% to cash? So we're getting those calls. I'm sure that's a fair sampling of what's going on throughout the country. Uh, but when you chart that cash position, the, the change in net uh, demand deposits in the U S versus consumer sentiment, there's, an absolute inverse relationship there. Uh, so con- when consumer sentiment falls and people aren't positive about the economy, what do they do? Well, they tend to pay off debt and hoard cash. And, and, and that's absolutely the case. Uh, what could be interesting is if we get some real positive developments with COVID and, and, and whatnot, the economy starts to turn back on, uh, then we have a bunch of investors that have a whole bunch of cash. And, and what would that do to the market? Well, if history's any guide, in 2008, in that financial crisis, a lot of those same investors sat on their thumbs for three to four years through 2012 and didn't really go back all in until 2013, which was the first really big year of the market uh, after the little snapback in 2009. The market was up over 30% in 2013. So uh, the advice would be don't sit on your thumbs for four years until you're sure things are going to do well. So what are we watching? Uh, watching kind of a lot of the same stuff unfold as we're, I think we're uh, less than 30 days to an election that will probably be the most historic election in history. We've got the COVID developments led by the, the uh, treatment of Trump and released from his hosp- the hospital. I w- it's not a hospital most of us would ever get to go to. It's probably the Taj Mahal of all hospitals. Uh, you got the whole election issue, the postal service, vote counting, mail-in voting. Every state's different. Some governors are getting involved in that now. Stimulus efforts, we mentioned, that's going to be front and center, probably resolved this week, it sounds like, as of rumors this morning. Uh, the second wave of layoffs, uh, that was to be addressed in one of the motivators for the stimulus to get the airlines to hold off for a few days uh, while they get their uh, candy from the stimulus, another $25 billion to keep everyone employed. And then you got inflation and money supply uh, issues. Inflation still benign, but there are a lot of people starting to worry with all this money printing. Uh, that's not going to, something's going to give eventually. High investor cash positions, which is probably prudent going into an uncertain election uh, ahead. And in fact, it may not just be uncertain for 30 days. It may be all the way up to January 20th. Uh, from what we're reading about how contested elections uh, work. And since most people that might listen to this probably weren't paying attention or even halfway uh, at adulthood in 2000 when we had the last contested election, uh, we'll see how it all breaks out. But it's a very interesting way the Constitution was written. And then you got market breadth versus the five megatechs. Technology seems to have rebounded from there down September and are, are, are kind of creeping back up. Uh, all trading at high valuations. The one good thing about the five megatechs is they've got fortress-like balance sheets, uh, so pretty strong. And uh, 
And so we'll see. Dollar weakness against the euro. Uh, the euro, uh, you know, isn't necessarily stronger uh, since they want a money print too. So it's just a matter of the the uh, tick for tack back and forth there. And then other than that, this this whole ro- notation of a rotation uh, from large growth to small value or large cap to Russell 2000. Uh, if last week was any indicator, it's, it's, it is happening. But as we have seen uh, in doing these every week, things can change on a dime and the following week can be the same. The one last comment I'll make is the VIX. Uh, which is a measure of the volatility index. And uh, it seems awfully strange when you had a reflation trade yesterday and market stocks were up big, that the VIX is trading at uh, 28 uh, in normal times in a reflationary uh, uh, trade environment, it would be at 18 times or even uh, less. So uh, something's not right there that it would be at 28. It may be a warning sign that there is much more volatility coming which probably is the case with the election. All right, folks, with that said, we're going to wrap it up for today. We appreciate everybody that joined us. And if you do have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to reach out to us uh, via our website, wealthqb.com, or shoot us an email at info at wealthqb.com. Thanks a lot and have a great week. Information in this podcast is presented for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed to those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Gordon Asset Management LLC, its producers, hosts, or guests. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice, or a recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Gordon Asset Management LLC nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints. Presented on this podcast.